Thank you for tuning into the Northfield Podcast Network. We pray that this audio resource will bless you and encourage you this week. If you'd like more information about the Northfield Podcast Network, go to facebook.com slash the Northfield Podcast Network. Blessings. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Gordon. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule today to be a part of the broadcast. I am so excited to just bring you this interview. My friend Chad Higgins is on the show today. He is campus pastor at Summit Church, the co-founder of Youth Ministry Boosters. Uh, he's the author of Parent Partner. He is just a, just an all-around fantastic friend of mine. And I am just excited to be a part of this conversation, just to be able to talk to him. He and I used to sit down and have coffee all the time. Like when he was the student pastor at Bartlesville Southern here in Bartlesville, we would go to the, uh, just have coffee and just have conversations. Like you're going to get a little snippet of the kind of conversations that he and I had uh, just as friends and as brothers. And just I can't wait for you all to, to, to be a part of this uh, it's going to be a great conversation. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with my friend, Chad Higgins. Hello, my friends. Sometimes the daily grind can just wear us down. Like We can get into the habit of this living a go, 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 go lifestyle, and we find ourselves pulling through the fast food drive through more than we want each week. And the next thing you know, you just start feeling that blah. Anybody else? Well, did you know that Bartlesville has a quick and healthy option available for those that are super busy? It's called the Local Juice Company. It's located in downtown Bartlesville, and they make delicious cold-pressed juices that contain raw fruits and vegetables. And guess what? It's super delicious. They have smoothies and smoothie bowls. I don't know about you, but I know that I get busy. Like, I'm out of my mind busy. I definitely don't eat enough vegetables. Like, trust me, I don't. Each bottle of juice contains one and a half pounds of fruits and vegetables. The real stuff. It's enough vegetables to power you through the work day. When you go into the store, you can grab exactly what you'd like straight out of the refrigerator, or you can order it through our website and get a curbside pickup. My favorite smoothie is the Bruin Blast, a pineapple orange juice smoothie with a blue spirulina to give it that amazing, incredible blue color. Everyone has to try it. You won't regret it. The benefits of spirulina are incredible. Their whole menu is organic. It's gluten-free and dairy-free. The local juice company is also locally owned. Swing by and see what all the buzz is about. 119 West 2nd Street in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Or you can go online to bartlesvillejuicery.com and find them on Instagram at localjuiceco underscore Bartlesville to see pictures of what they have on the menu and to learn more about what they offer. Local Juice Company of Bartlesville. What's going on, my friend Chad Higgins? How in the world are you, my friend? Dude, I'm doing really well. How are you? Man, just uh, just trying to live the dream or survive the nightmare or something. I, I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Man, it's been too long since yeah, I've talked to you. I miss our times in Barnesville grabbing coffee. Oh, dude, yeah, I I miss coffee dates so bad. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll use coffee dates. That's it. Yeah, it's a coffee date, man. But yeah, yeah. what uh, what's been going on in your world? Uh, trying to raise a a toddler. <laughs> um, that is, you know, that's kind of that'll keep you on your toes at all moments. 
Yeah. No matter what you're doing, what you're a part of, having a three-year-old with an attitude <laughs> kind of trumps all of those sometimes. <laughs> uh, so I got that going on, uh, doing uh, ministry stuff in Oklahoma City at Summit Church. So I'm the campus pastor here at our Oklahoma City uh, location, and then uh, also just with Youth Ministry Booster. So um, you want me to talk a little bit about what Booster is? Yeah, let's. Looks like let's let's do that. I want I want to because what I what I'm doing in these I'm talking to to different ministry leaders, pastors about what they're doing ministry wise, and and you you yeah. you launched Youth Ministry Booster several years ago, and that that puts you into the stratosphere in in several different arenas with a lot of different people. Yeah. So talk. Let's talk about Youth Ministry Booster for a little bit. So. Uh, here in October um, will be uh, six years uh, that I've been working with a guy named Zach Workin mm-hmm. um, out of Tulsa. And so me and Zach were great ministry friends for many years. And um, we were doing some training in, uh, in and around Oklahoma um, with the Baptist General Convention and continued to connect with um, kind of rural youth pastors, and we were hearing some of the same things over and over again. Uh, they felt isolated, alone, uh, lack of real, you know, community connection, those kind of things. And, mm-hmm. I mean, as you know, Caleb, and even as you and I had back in the day when I lived in Bartlesville, there's some real benefit in grabbing coffee, connecting with other ministers, oh, man, so much. hearing what they're doing, how they're doing. And just having some of that, like, um, shared life experience mm-hmm. of, of sometimes just going, hey, man, like, it's hard right now. Am I the only one feeling that? Uh, and, <laughs> right. and so for some of those people we were running into, they felt like they were kind of the only youth pastor in their town or, um, you know, one of a few kind of things. And um, so we, we started trying to figure out, hey, how do, we, um, how do we put these people together? How do we connect them? Um, and so out of that kind of birthed uh, Youth Ministry Booster that uh, Zach and I started. Um, and so at first, man, it was literally just like setting up like Zoom times for youth pastors uh, to jump on once a month and connect with each other. Um, and then that's built out uh, much more today after uh, five years in the works. So, um, we've built our own online platform that all yeah. that lives on. Um, we have churches from every uh, state in the country at this point um, that are involved. And, um, yeah, I mean, we have groups that are literally going on all the time throughout the week um, of youth pastors uh, connecting with each other um, and in groups. And so those are led by one of our hosts. Um, and then all of our groups have a basic, um, basically a curriculum that we walk them through. Uh, through the year that's just kind of a training, equipping. So there's always like a, a growth, practical element uh, piece of booster. Uh, and then really what we believe is the most important part is kind of that spiritual care uh, element of, of just yeah. checking ministers' hearts, figuring out, you know, what's really going on. Are you being honest with yourself? How's your relationship with the Lord? How's your relationship with the spouse? Mm-hmm. Um, all of those kind of things. Uh, and so they connect once a month there. Then we've got 
monthly webinars and book clubs and training videos and all those kind of things uh, now inside of Booster. But um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's what Youth Ministry Booster looks like uh, in 2018. Going in 2019, um, Youth Ministry Booster was acquired by Lifeway Christian Resources. Oh, wait, so, so it was acquired by Lifeway? Do what? It was acquired by uh, by Lifeway, so Lifeway officially has it now? Yes, and so we oh, wow. we work with Lifeway, and um, and so that's been a, a really good uh, partnership with us, and um, and so it's been, been really, really awesome to mm-hmm. be a part of that, and their student ministry team um, has been really, really great, and so... Um, from that, um, we've kind of expanded into a few other things. So um, about a year ago, we launched a new resource called Parent Partner. We were, um, you know, I, I'm a big believer, as I believe you are as well, that a discipleship in the home is extremely important. Oh, absolutely. Um, and helping mom and dad mm-hmm. disciple their kid. Yep. Um, and, you know, and I even think for a lot of Christians— uh, they're like, yeah, I want to do that. But for a lot of people, um, they've, they've never seen that themselves, right? Their right. parents didn't really do anything. And so it's like, well, what do I do? Um, and what I was seeing um, from being in the ch- on the church side of things, a lot of resources that are built towards that um, kind of come at it from the kid's side, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, to where it'll be like, okay, this is what my kid learned in Sunday school and then it'll be like a handout that's given to the parents of like here's some questions to talk about what your kid learned which is great it's great to have any sort of conversation starter Um, but I feel like that's a little bit upside down Mm -hmm. then maybe what's the most helpful Um, you know I I don't know about you Caleb but one of and and I and having known your kiddos for a little bit yeah um one of the most impactful things is when they see their mom or their dad in the word, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Or living out their faith. That's going to have so much more <clears throat> impact even than mom and dad going, okay, well, you learned this at church. Now let's talk about what you learned. Right. And right. so the resource in the way that I write it is it's all designed, even at a very elementary level of uh, either family reading scripture together and then unpacking that or mom and dad reading scripture for themselves and then inviting the kid into the conversation. Um, I think a very powerful phrase is, um, Hey, this is what I'm reading. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? Nice. Nice. You're now inviting the kid into a relationship that you have with the Lord. Um, and so instead of it being kid-driven, really it's God-driven through the parent mm-hmm. into the kid. And and I, I, I think that that is kind of the correct flow of discipleship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's kind of what we've been trying to do with our parent-partner ministry. That's so good. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of times um, people look at youth pastors or student ministers as they're the ones that are supposed to be discipling my kid or, or, or you know, getting yeah. the gospel to my kid, when in reality, the, the 
the, the church student ministry should be coming alongside parents and parents should be doing right. the work at home and you know it, it should be reinforced at home and at church like the same the same message yeah. and, and so that's I'm so thankful to hear that you're you're encouraging parents to get involved because man we know the statistics we've seen the statistics and a lot a lot of a lot of parents aren't involved with their kids when it comes to biblical right. things and man I'm I'm encouraged to know that you guys are incur- or in that you're encouraging parents to come alongside and do the you know do the work of of an evangelist in the house and so it's it's so yeah, good to hear really, that so good to hear that um, well, so, that that parent relationship with that kid is going to I mean that's going to last for generations absolutely right? um you know, you can have a great youth pastor, those kind of things. And, and that's not important. Or that's important. Please don't hear otherwise. I, yeah. I think the best relationship is the church, parents, all working together, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and, but I, I think that every uh, every piece of that puzzle needs to be strong and working well. So. 100%. 100%. Um, okay, you so... Well, man, how are you? Uh, man, overall, we're, do, we're doing really well. Things are going really good. Um, we've been, uh, I, I'm pastoring now. I've been pastoring for uh, two years. Uh, we're actually uh, pastoring in Cedarville, Kansas, at a place called First Baptist Church in Cedarville, Kansas. And so we've been doing that two years cool. this next month in October. Uh, so things are things are going really, really well. Kids are growing up. Uh, Hannah will be 20 in in November. I just That's crazy. Gabe will be 18 uh austin's 17 and so it's just it's just yeah it's absolutely insane so kids are just growing up um just big time (laughs) um yeah but i've seen that white hair in your beard (laughs) bro it's so i've it's so big and so white it's turning white there's so much white in it and it's ridiculous and (laughs) i don't know where that comes from but uh, well, I mean, you actually, I do know where it comes from. It's funny because the other day, Noah, uh, shoot, this has been more than just the other day. This has been a couple of years ago. Noah was uh, jumped in bed on a Saturday morning with us, and he was looking. He goes, "Dad, you know, you've got some gray in your beard. You know what that means?" And I was like, "No." He goes, "That means you're gonna die." And I was like, "Like, thanks, thanks, buddy. I appreciate appreciate that. It's so nice." <laughs> Holy smoke! Hey, so are you, man? Right, right. Yes, yeah, so we're all we're all going to grapple with that thing one day. So just get ready. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know Jesus? Well, see, my wife, my wife, my beard is playing into, you know, my retirement plan of being a mall Santa. And so, <laughs> yes, yes, I love it. Yeah, mall Santa. You know, I met I met I met a guy one time who like he did that professionally. Are you kidding me? And Oh yeah, dude. He like he was the real deal. Like that right? was his like, gig. That was his job. That was his. Well, I mean, he was always, you know, his, his retirement deal or whatever. And so, like, he made good money, you know, for basically working a month out of the year. That's fantastic. And so I asked him. I was like, I was like, tell me the worst thing about being a mall Santa, and without skipping a beat, like you could tell this dude knew exactly the worst thing. About being a mall Santa, he was like being peed on. And I was oh like, my god! Oh my goodness! I was like, I've never thought about that. Oh my god! Does happen? And that he was like, be... yeah, the good mall Santas will wear sweatbands around their calves because you don't want to get peed on and it go down into your boot. 
Oh and I'm my like, gosh. That is, that is a job hazard that I never thought about. I've never thought about um, that either. That is, that's just a reality being a Santa. So listen, man, it ain't all candy cane. You know? <laughs> I I literally have a brand new perspective when it comes to mall Santas now. I like, oh my gosh, that is completely yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I've never thought about that. That's now every insane. time you see one, you're gonna be like, I wonder if he's got sweatbands. I wonder if he's got a band on and if he doesn't I, I might you never know. Uh, you know me, I'm crazy enough to ask. I'll just walk up and just be like, Bro, just whisper. But bro, you gotta, yeah. you got, you got sweatbands on your ankles. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's just that one guy, and that's the most random, weird question to ask a mall Santa ever? And he just, like, and he, he oh. asking. <laughs> and then he calls the police, sir. You need to. <laughs> <laughs> He's asking about sweatbands on my ankles. <laughs> I'd be like, listen, you got, you got to find this podcast and it'll tell you all about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jiminy Christmas. That's awesome. Well, um, so what, I mean, so you're campus pastor. Cause so is that a transition? Cause you did student ministry forever. Are you still doing student ministry or is that, is that different now that you're a campus pastor? Yeah, I'm not doing student ministry uh, anymore. So I, man, I've been out of the student, actual like church student ministry game um for a little while now okay okay um and so i um for a while when we first launched youth ministry booster i went back to school finished seminary yep um and then was doing some like uh traveling speaking for a while Mm -hmm. and then um some of great friends so one of my like longtime friends is senior pastor here at summit and uh, he called and was like, hey, man, we're looking for uh, a discipleship guy to oversee our home group. And, nice. And um, man, I felt like that was just a great fit to be able to continue to work on Youth Ministry Booster mm-hmm. and um, and do uh, small groups and discipleship for adults. And um, so I stepped into that role and then about a year and a half ago uh, transitioned uh, into doing uh the campus pastor role. We launched a new campus in Norman. And, um, and so for a while, our kind of team was really been, uh, double duty. And so we were running back and forth on Sunday morning and, you know, the youth minister doing basically two different student ministry, children's ministry doing the same thing on Sunday morning. And, um, as you can probably guess, our team was getting tired, ragged and, yeah, all those yeah. kind of things, and so um, we made some new new hires and some restructuring of uh, some of the roles. And so I stepped into that campus pastor role here at our Oklahoma City campus, and nice. to oversee um, our our team and staff here, and then primarily like you know pastoral care and and those kind of things. Um, we were also team teaching, so me and Todd. Uh, we're team teaching between the two campuses um, where, you know, we had uh, live teaching at both of our places and all sure. those kind of things. And yeah. So, yeah, man, that's kind of what it's been looking like here. And so it's been a different year and a half for sure, not just with the role, but yeah. everything that doing ministry in the midst of COVID and everything happening in the world has been. So. No doubt. You and I messaged each other a little bit back and forth about all this stuff, but how, how do you, how, what's, what would be your advice to uh, somebody that's in 
ministry that I mean, they, they can sometimes you know you see all the stuff and you get frustrated. And I mean, occasionally I just you know I've gotten to where I think social media may be our downfall, <laughs> and and we're just I mean oh, yeah. we're launching bombs at each other. And what do you what's your advice um, to to try to to try to quell that as a, as a pastor? I'm not con- I'm not completely convinced that the internet is not the technological tower of Babel anyway, but. <laughs> Um, the, I, I think, I think one of the pieces is, I, I think there has to be a level of humility for all of us. Come on. Yeah. Um, and, and knowing that everybody's context is, is really different and everything's going to be really fresh for some people. Sure. Sure. Um, I mean, life life and reality will change perspectives pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we went through a season here um, where it seemed like, man, we had a lot of people getting sick and really pretty sick. And, um, you know, and, and then even in the midst of, you know, our people and our staff and all these kind of things, I mean, everybody's got their own opinions, right? Yeah, absolutely. How to yeah. handle things, and what to do. And, um, and it's one thing to have an opinion. It's another thing to have to make the call, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and decision on things. And, and so I, I think anybody in those scenarios, I think we're all trying to do what we truly believe is best. Right. Um, and, and I think more and more um, as ministers, we, we have to not only do what's wise in our own eyes, we have to be ministers that seek the Lord and listen to the Lord. That's right. And Amen. continue to be faithful to like the primary thing that he's calling us to as ministers and pastors. And I think it's really easy to always want to ride the bandwagon nope. of like what we feel like is popular or not popular and sure. all of these kind of things. Um and I think the world's watching. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think, and we can get into this discussion, I think that there's, I think we've missed, an, I'll be honest, Caleb, I think, we've, I think we've missed an opportunity as the church in the midst of this to be really compassionate and show love and grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's not, and, and please don't hear me. I think sometimes when somebody says something like that, a lot of times because we're conditioned at this point to hear, well, we can't stand for something. That's right. what I'm saying. Um, have some understanding. Have you some. You have to have some understanding. Yeah. You do. Yeah. There's a way that you, there's a way that you talk <clears throat> about situations with someone who's hurting, right? Like, um, this is maybe a really poor example, but I mean, let's say, let's say you're talking to someone who lost a loved one because they were driving too fast. Yeah. You're probably not going to come out and say something along the lines of, well, this is the reason we got speed limits. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Uh, even if even if maybe there's some truth in that, 
Um, we've still got to have tact. Yep. We've still got to have compassion uh, on both sides, man. Like there's not just this understanding of like, Oh, you don't want to get the vaccine or you don't want to wear the mask or right. vice versa and all right. these kind of things. But to realize like, man, these are, these are all people who are trying to navigate a really difficult time. Mm-hmm. And life shows us anytime any of us are walking through trauma or hardship, mm-hmm. our compassion and our mercy for everyone else goes down. Oh, yeah. And I think you're seeing that. Oh, yeah. Right? Anytime yeah. you're hurting, your, your compassion and mercy goes down. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm the biggest baby in the world when I'm a little bit sick. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> me too. I'm like Martha. I think I'm I'm dying. Right. You know what I mean? And she's like, she had them a fever blister, right? <laughs> Whatever. Right. And, exactly. <laughs> and so even more when our whole world is kind of yeah. tossed around a little bit more, I think there's this level for <clears throat> all, all of us to go. Hey, let's um, let's show love and mercy here. And, and continue to continue to be salt and light. Um, yeah. That I think is massively, massively important. Are, would you agree with that? What, what are, you, what are well, your I, thoughts? No, absolutely. I, I agree. And, and yeah. what people don't understand this is these are the kind of conversations that I miss at Indian Coffee. We'd have we, he and I would go yeah. to Indian Coffee, and these are the kind of conversations that Chad and I had. And I agree with you 100. Um, percent One of the things that I, well, just pricked my mind while you're while you're talking was Matthew chapter five verse seven: "Blessed are the merciful, for they yeah. shall receive mercy." And and yeah. we've got to have, um, you know, Christ has has meted out mercy to us. He's given us mercy. So we as believers have got to walk in a state of mercy as well. That doesn't mean we 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 lay down when it comes to truth, but man, there's there's a time right. and a place to to say certain things. I'm all for the stand up bold for the for the gospel, stand up for the right. you know stand up for the for the cause of Christ. But man, I would say that 99.9 percent of the stuff that we're standing up for right now, and you know, I, and I'm guilty of it. Like I'm not out here pointing fingers. I'm guilty. Of doing that on social media, where I bla- you know, I put people or stuff on blast, but I- I'm just as guilty that I need to be, um, uh, you know, because Christ has been merciful. I need to just be a conduit of mercy towards those that are that are walking in in a struggle. And so that's, yeah, it's we got to in, in the day in which we live, we have to we have to walk a fine line. I don't, it's it's tough. Um, so I'm I'm in, I'm in the same boat with you, um, where I just I, I want I want Christ to be made known. And you, know, you were talking about it earlier. One of the things we we I think we have missed an opportunity because a lot of us have jumped on particular, maybe even political bandwagons. And real and you know, here's the end of the deal: at ten thousand in ten thousand years, you and I are going to be standing on the Republican or Democratic Party platform. Right. We're, we're standing at the feet of Christ on His Word, and like that's that's where we'll be. So I just I don't know it's it's a struggle, brother, and I I I'm thankful to have. Well, and I think you're right. I mean, there's there's place where we got to go. Okay, like truth and logic are important. Are important as a society and as a group of people. Yeah, I think the way the way that's done, and and knowing. 
knowing the lens that people see you and I and our friends through, like mm-hmm. they, they see us as a past, pastors, right? Right, like, right. And, and so they're looking for, okay, how, how is, what is the Christian response look like in all this? Right. And there's, there's always a way to do it. And like you said, first and foremost, I think social media makes that tricky, right? Like it's become, it's become this place that is so divided. Yep. That it feels like everybody logs on with boxing gloves. Oh man, yeah, just looking, looking for the fight, looking you know? for it. And sometimes where the, where the fight's not even at, and it's like, you know, you, you it feels like sometimes you're gonna wish somebody happy birthday, and somebody else is gonna log on and go, well, you didn't wish me a happy birthday, right? Right? Yep. You're like, bro, chill out, man. Like. <laughs> even 65 and i'm just trying to love on it a little bit, just all it is man I, and and that's what it feels like but I, and i think that's why maybe even more important than ever for us to reclaim spaces like that as rhetoric of going okay here's here's what i want to be about um here here are the things that i'm going to talk about mm-hmm. that feel like a life-giving yeah um even when it even when it is, and, and man, I hope no no listeners hear me wrong in this. There are some times that we that we do stand for things, right? Absolutely, sure. That are controversial. <clears throat> um, but I think that the way that we do that and the rhetoric that we use mm-hmm. is unbelievably important. Yep. Um, because I. We've got to know that we're in it. We're in a time of division. Yeah, hundred percent. My, my and, wife and I were and saying we're this. Called, we're called to a ministry of reconciliation. Amen. There you and go. Peace. Yep. Yep. And I believe the answer to what is happening now is not in the next new best policy or spending plan or any of those kind of things. It is through the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ. Come on. You're 100% and right. If that, man, if that means I have to be silent on something that I feel passionate about so that his message would be more amplified, then I would gladly do that. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that Jesus it's said... Hard to know, it's hard to know when, right? Yeah, absolutely. But one of the things that Jesus said, I, I point back to Matthew 5 again. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And one of the things I want to be called is a, is a son of God. And, and right. it, you know, we're called to make peace uh, in, 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 ver- in certain circumstances and in, in certain arenas. Uh, you know, and then I think of Proverbs 18, where it says that there's death and life and the power of the tongue. And there are certain right. things that we say behind our keyboards and with our thumbs on our phones that man if, if you and I are sitting together at a table I can promise you we wouldn't lambast oh, that I'm stuff at each at each other but somehow we get right. this courage when we're behind a screen and I, I'm guilty I, I I am I'm guilty but it doesn't mean I'm right but I've got you know where I'm just you know I'm like oh that idiot I can't believe they said that and you you pound something out on your keyboard or with your phone and you hit that send button and then you know, it then just, it blows up and, you know, cause 
four other people see that and then they comment and then you got to fight them and then all of a sudden you're like what why do why did we start this 500 comments later what what are we doing what are we doing right and i just think there's well, there's a way to say certain things i mean the, uh, the message might be right but the the way you do it the method of the message might come across as as not helpful so that you might have a right, a right message but your method is destroying the meaning so sure yeah well, and there's only so much the the great thing about getting to have a conversation with someone and and you're exactly right so many of these things that blow up if it was over a cup of coffee would never be a thing nope 100% um, because you get to hear more of the story. <clears throat> right. Um, and, and you get to hear heart and you get to hear tone and mm-hmm. all of these kind of things that is like unbelievably important that that cannot happen in 144 characters. 100%. 100%. Um, it just can't. And, and, and so <clears throat> that's a little bit of a worry of mine. Like fast forward even 10 years down the road, as more and more of our society becomes digitalized and work at home and separated and divided and all these kind of things, we're going to miss even more and more the face-to-face interaction, the hearing of real stories and and care for people. You know, I know a month or so ago back, like, you, you and I, I, there was something that was posted, and I remember I had a knee-jerk reaction, I, and I sent a direct message to you yeah, that, yep. I, looking back, was like really snarky, uh, and I can apologize to you very quickly, because I, I realized you you didn't know, but like that week I dealt with a friend who died of COVID yeah. and another really close friend that was in the ICU at that time. Yeah. And so like, that was my immediate yep. happening in my life. And so I, and, and I didn't and know that. So and, and so anything, anything yeah. even if it was small at that point, yep. especially with people that, man, I know and love and care like yourself. Come on. I'm just like, I, I wanted relief. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And yeah. Um, you wanted to vent, and you had that, so that that desire to vent that out yeah. and say, you know, get it off your chest. And then sometimes we vent stuff, and you're just like, crud, I can't take that. You know, we just we you know we can't take it back, or we, sure. and we're just like, man, that's a dear brother, why or a sister, and why in the world did I do that? And that's yeah, and that's I, I've here's what you don't know is I, like I have been so convicted over a lot of the stuff, and and, and like the life drainingness of some of the stuff on social media. I, I have just um, this morning, I just decided I, I took it off my phone. I took everything social media, just deleted it for the next thirty days, and I just and I haven't. You know, you're the first guy I've told this, other than my wife. You're the first guy I've told this to, and just said, I'm going to take thirty days. Not you know, and I you know what's crazy? How many t- you know how many times I picked up my phone? Look, oh oh, I need the ch- oh crud, it's not there. I didn't. I, I deleted it. Becomes like, a habit. Yeah. Holy smoke, it's an addiction, and and yeah. it's. It, it, I know that the end of this 30 days is going to be good. And it, who knows? I may even just say, oh, forget it. I don't need this stuff anymore. But it, it's, brother, it, it is, I think that what we're doing to each other when, by not just having a conversation openly about something, if we're frustrated about something, 
rather than rather than texting somebody or just a fired off thing, man, we get on the phone and just be like, "Hey, how are you doing?" Like, check the pulse, check somebody's temperature, how yeah. are things going in their life. And you see, and I I didn't know that. And had I, had I had a friend that you know was close to me that died from this stuff, man, I guarantee you, I'd have probably you know I've not had anybody super super close to me die of COVID, but I've had I've had coworkers, I've had people I know, but I don't like. Like if my dad died from it, or you know my my best friend or something, man, I'd I'd probably have a lot more compassion, and I just that's something that I need mm-hmm. to have compassion on um, is is people in their in their middle of where they are, and and, and just just listen, just try to listen to what well, what's and, going and on. I always, I, yeah, and I always want to be a voice for for both of this because I think it's, it's really the same. Everybody's dealing with it the same way. There's a fear and a worry and tension and anxiety on both sides. Because in the same way that we're talking about it from this angle right now, I mean, I also had, I don't want to, uh, I know, I know uh, people right now that I dearly love and care for um, who are losing their job because they've chosen not to get the vaccine. Exactly. Yeah, me too. And, and for, for, for that too, like, I want to have compassion, and I think 100%. I should. Yep. And I, I want to walk alongside and with these people, and 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 love and care, and not feel like they're the enemy. Come on. And I think in all of this, it's so easy that we fall into that trap that we feel, we think that flesh and blood is the enemy. Come that on. flesh and blood is never the enemy. The the one thing that I'm reminded in our conversation of like the conversation of in front of us. I think there's a really good reason that scripture calls us to love our neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. On both sides of because, on both sides of this issue. Right. And and, and two, the the question is asked before the story of the Good Samaritan, you know, when, when asked that Jesus, you know, how we inherit eternal life and Jesus you know, Jesus response is, well what have you heard? And uh, I think it describes something along the lines of, you know, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Um, Jesus said, you've heard correctly. Uh, and then the, the Lord asked, well, who is my neighbor? Mm. And Jesus tells this beautiful, you know, parable of the story of this, you know, man who's robbed, beaten up, left for dead, um, and the Samaritan, the hated member of their community, is the one that finally comes to aid and rescue. Yep. Um, and and I think that I think we have so many people trying to change the world yep. through a platform of social media yeah. that we've missed the opportunity just to talk to our neighbor. Yep. Um, our sphere we're, of influence. We're all trying to be this like big public spokesman you know yeah. what i mean where we feel like oh social media needs to hear my thoughts you yeah. know what i mean today yeah. well maybe we all need to have a little bit of humility and go you know what maybe the masses don't need to hear my thoughts um exactly but maybe maybe the neighbor who i walk by mm-hmm. and don't take time to even see who's hurting yeah is the one that I can find and give relief to. Yeah. Um, I think we've become too much like the Levi and priest that we're heading off to make our next post. That we <laughs> right. Exactly. Ditch. 
Yep, you're 100 percent um, right. And we, if we just invest, I mean, that's, I mean, the sphere of influence that we do have. Look, just back to the, back to who's in your home, like. You know, some of yeah. us, you know, there was a time in a, in a space where I'm like, I got to post this online because everybody's got to know. I'm like, when's the last time I prayed with my kids? Uh, when's the last right. time I, I prayed with my wife? Uh, you know, what, what did I, did I, did I make a phone call to, you know, somebody in my church that, that was hurting? Did I, did I, did I invest right. in that, you know, that relationship that is right in front of me? And this, I think this is one of the things I'm going to learn uh, at the end of this 30 days is, man, I honestly don't need to be on this thing as much as I think I need to be on it. And, and it's just, it, it's, yeah, I think it's going to be healthy in the long run for me in general and probably for my whole family. Um, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't, I mean, our, our children need to see our, their parents, I mean, navigating good practices of social media. This is all new, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's still new. This, this stuff is, literally less than 20 years old yep still a, and for still a kid. kids it's it's going to be their whole life but for guys like you and i like we were older when this thing even like came about yep and so we're still trying to figure out like what does this mean for us as a society how do we interact with one another what are the norms and how does this affect us come on what's the dopamine hit that we get when when that you know, controversial posts of ours mm-hmm. get 200 or 500 likes. Yep, yep. What does that do to us? And is that a good thing? Makes us feel justified. And, and can, yeah, or, does, or do our kids just see mom and dad, you know, logging off Facebook at night, frustrated and mad? Oh, yes. Like, what does that yes. say? What does that say to them of how we actually love and care for people? Come on. And I think that's a much more important thing than being right in the moment. Oh yeah. No, I don't disagree with that at all. That's that's a hundred percent. So man, that's that's so insightful, Chad. I appreciate it. this is and, and what people like I said, people don't understand this is the kind of stuff that gets when we had when you and I had these conversations at the coffee shop, this is the kind of stuff we talked about. Like we just like we just invested yeah. and talked about this stuff and man it 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 pushed on me. I know I pushed on you and we grew out of, as a result yeah. of it. And that's that, I think that's your hope in what you guys are doing with youth ministry booster and, and with the things that you're doing in your church, you're trying to, you're trying to grow people and, and push people to a point where they, where they, you know, de- are dependent upon Christ. But the idea of being in a community, I mean, God's created you and I to be part of a community and we're not, there's no such thing as this lone ranger Christianity where we're, you know, right. out doing our own thing. Like I need you, and you need me, and that's yeah. the truth. Well, be, being a follower of Christ should be uncomfortable for all of us. Come on, who are still here. Amen. Right? Amen. Amen. Like it is. Hey, so it is an ironing, sharpening ironing. Ah, exactly, exactly, sharpening the iron. And man, when you and when we're sharp. And we can we can cut through a whole lot more junk than than we could if we were just you know dull and, and in the corner. So man, absolutely. So let's change gears really quick. Um, you know what's you know how are you gonna feel when OU doesn't win Bedlam this year? <laughs> well, it's probably gonna happen. <laughs> uh, man, what? Now we're getting into controversy. <laughs> Now we're getting into stuff for me as a guy who works in a church who has a campus in Norman. I may, may care less about what I think about 
anything else but OU football. So, um, All of my wait, friends, I have so many. I'm like the only OSU guy. And I have so many OU friends. Like, it's just, it is the craziest thing. I probably have less OSU friends than I do OU friends. And this is, I mean, to this day, I, I had to wear, I, I lost a bet a couple of years ago, and I had to wear an OU shirt all day. I felt dirty, and it just, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think mean, you look good, though. That's I think that gray in that beard. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of offensive line issues, I think, that that are happening with that OU team. Yeah. Um, I, they've, got, they've got all the talent in the world. Uh, I think they've got the pieces. I think there, there's a little part of me that feels like kind of, as weird as it sounds, I think they kind of need a loss. I think that could actually be a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they got some kind of loss and lit some fires and those kind of things. Um, but yeah. 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 Um, so are you, are, you got season I passes? I haven't got to see any of the Oklahoma State games. Do they look good? <laughs> I've I've only I've actually only ever been to one physically, and you know okay. they they won. I mean they but they didn't have. I mean I don't yeah. know who they. I can't remember who they're playing. I think they're playing some Kansas team and 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 beat them soundly. So, uh, yeah. you know it is what it is. But I I am only watch them on TV, and you know honestly, yeah. if it weren't for my family, I mean my my dad went to OSU, my brother in law went to OSU, my wife went to OSU. So I mean I I. I by default, like I don't have really any skin in the game other than, you know, if I don't wear orange at the family gatherings, um, I'd probably get kicked out. So, I mean, otherwise, that's I don't. I don't know if you knew this about me. I grew up an Oklahoma State fan. Really, I did not know uh, this about you. Yeah. What happened? Well, oh, you offered me more money to come to school. <laughs> oh well. So oh I, well. I sold out. I there we sold go. Out. Hey man. If the price is right. Yeah. Come on down. <laughs> it's been the price. Bro, I didn't have to pay for the first two years of school. That's fantastic. I would have gone too. Bro, I would have Crimson on. If they yeah. paid me to come to school, I'd have Crimson on tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, that's exactly what that's my mom and dad, who were both Oklahoma State fans, when they saw that letter, you know, my dad was like, well, boomer sooner it is. <laughs> exactly. Like, yep. 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 Everybody's got a price, I guess, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Two years of t- tuition and board will do that for a guy. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, brother, man, it has been a fan. This has been a great conversation, deep and yet fun. And I, I, when are we going to get coffee? I'm ready to go get coffee again. Like you know me. Come on, man. I, I got to, some places around here that are good. I need to come down to. I, I haven't been down to OKC in a minute. I last time I was down there. Um. I, last time I was down there, I saw. A friend, I was actually speaking at a conference, and I was staying at a buddy's house, and he got bored. When we, I, I didn't speak till that afternoon, and we got up early. And he's like, "Hey, let's go over and see if we can break into the Oklahoma City Thunder training facility." And I was like, "Uh, okay, cool." And we got out there, and the yeah, security dude, guard wouldn't let like us a in. Early morning breaking and entering. Oh, the security guard wouldn't let us in, but we met uh, uh, Donovan, <laughs> co- head, head coach Donovan. Uh, he 
walking in and we talked to him for 10 minutes, took a picture with him and, and got to meet him. So that was <laughs> craziest thing in the world. So it was nuts. That's the last time I was in Oklahoma City. Though. I need to get down there some more. I, I, you now, now that I know, I know where you're at, I have an excuse to come down and hang out. So, dude, I'll I'll meet you halfway. We do Stillwater. Hey, we can That's go. The kind you like right there. <laughs> I'm telling you, last time I last time we were there, there was so much orange. Inmates could have broken out, and nobody would have known. Like. <laughs> Nobody would have known. It's bright. Isn't it? It's so it's bright. Nation's brightest one. <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, well, I love it. Great to hear from you, man. And, and let's for real. Let's get together. Okay. What's well, so, Hey, can you uh, do you dismiss us in prayer? Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks, bro. Heavenly Father, got to thank you for this time. Uh, God, I thank you for uh, Carol. I thank you for his family. And um, God, I pray for those that have listened today. Um, God, if I have offended with my own knowledge or, or thought, God, forgive me and I ask for forgiveness. God, but, um, if it's you and your conviction, God, I pray that that sticks. Yeah. Um, God, I, I pray that each and every one of us our desire and our hope is to be more and more like your son. Um, God, may we be willing to die at all costs for that, um, both physically, mentally. And so, God, we um, we ask that you move in our communities, teach us what it looks like to love our neighbors well. Um, may we have compassion um, for those in this time. May we lead um, with boldness and courage that points everyone to you. Come on. Love you and your holy name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, brother. Much love. See you, brother. Diversified Systems Resources is a technology company based in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, that's been in business for 39 years. Are you looking for a stable employer? clean office environment, fun teammates, and a day that is always new and exciting, then email us your resume today at dsrjobs at dsrglobal.com. DSR, we deliver technology. 